This is the Eating Well Podcast number 8 on exercise for January 2006. And I'm Michelle. And you can visit our website at eatingwellpodcast.blogspot.com. Or you can send us an email at eating.well at gmail.com. The intro music is Groove It by Dennis Kitchen, part of the Podsafe Music Network, available at music.podshow.com. So we want to talk about exercise today. It's January 2006. Thanks for all of your questions that have been coming in on our email. We really appreciate them. We're in the process of getting back to you guys. Um, But here we are, January 2006. 2005 is finally over. I'm sure some of us are happy about that. (laughs) But now it's time once again for those New Year's resolutions to start coming out. And um, we're making plans to get healthy and start moving our bodies around. So we wanted to address some questions about exercise that we get commonly. Well, every time someone brings this up, it's, why bother? Everyone has enough to do already. Why am I going to cut out a big chunk of my time to go stomping around wilderness or, you know, head out to the gym or whatever it's going to be, you know? I just don't have time in my day to do that. Why, why should I even make the effort? And I think some of you are feeling that right now, especially with the holidays just wrapping up. I mean, that's the busiest time of the year, and the last thing you might want to think about is making time in your already busy day to get to the gym or go on a hike or just take time that's already valuable. So along with New Year's resolutions, which I mentioned a moment ago, we're we're looking at uh, weight loss and just getting our health on track for the start of a new year. So exercise is really beneficial for not just weight loss and weight management, but if you're looking to increase your energy level, if you've been feeling pretty lethargic, I know there's a lot of people being sick lately, um, but it's also a really great way to increase one's metabolism. You know, and, so. and when you increase your metabolism, what is the benefit of that would be you have higher calorie burning going on all the time instead of, uh, well, let me, put, let me put it like this. A higher metabolism is going to mean that you burn calories at a much higher rate all the time, sleeping, walking, whatever you're doing, you burn calories at a higher rate. That's exactly right. The way I look at it is if you can commit 30 minutes to your day to exercise while you're sleeping six, seven, eight hours a night, you're actually burning more calories while you're doing nothing. You need to rest anyway than you would if you weren't exercising. And there are other health benefits as well, including lower cholesterol, lower total triglycerides. Is it total triglycerides or is triglycerides part of cholesterol? Well, triglycerides are really uh, the amount of fat floating around in your blood at any given time. So studies have found um, consistently that regular exercise keeps their triglycerides down. You know, you know, there's other factors such as smoking and alcohol consumption and what you eat. Yeah. But alcohol, or excuse me, but uh, exercise does play a big role. And I think you might be referring to cholesterol, cholesterol. as far as the total versus the breakdown. Right, the HDL, LDL. Right. Right. So exercise helps the HDLs increase, which are the good 
lipoproteins, the positive ones that we want to be higher, um, and therefore making the overall cholesterol rate a nice number. That's good. So if if I agree that exercise is a good thing, I say <laughs> I, I relent. I say fine. <laughs> I'm going to do this. How much? Fine. If I if I have to do this, how much do I have to do? You know that's a great question. Some people think that they have to go to the gym for an hour every day to get adequate exercise in, but most health professionals out there will agree that 30 minutes on most, if not all, days is very beneficial. Well, what about Thursday? If I can't get my 30 minutes in on Thursday, <laughs> does that mean I can move that 30 minutes somewhere else? You know, you could. I mean, ideally, doing 30 minutes every day consistently is ideal, right. especially to maintain a balanced metabolism. However, if you can't do any on Thursday, don't stress yourself out and not do any all week. I mean, you're still going to get the benefit of the other six days. Now, I might be a weekend warrior. Yes, I, I'm one of those. <laughs> yes, so exercise is pretty impractical throughout the course of a normal week yeah. but come the weekend time I've got some more time to cut loose and, and go for several hours instead of just 30 minutes you know I am I'm one of those like I was just mentioning for those of you who aren't familiar with the term weekend warrior but you know if you're really busy Monday through Friday but you're willing to do several hours on Saturday and Sunday I still recommend I still highly recommend that one work in some low to moderate activity. It could just be parking your car a little further away from the office. It could be taking yourself out of the office for a 10 minute walk. You know, to get 30 minutes, it, it does not have to be all at one time. Right. So it's not going to be this great, you know, several hour long hike or getting in the pool for a long time or, a, you know, something at the gym for many hours, but it's moving your body around and not just sitting in front of the computer or the television all day. Yeah, you can really increase the amount of uh, physical activity that you get by making lots of little changes. Just like you can change the way you eat and the total amount of calories you consume by making lots of little changes, exercise can be accumulated gradually throughout the course of a day by incorporating very simple things that you may not ordinarily do. Take the stairs instead of the elevator, parking further away like you mentioned. It, it all adds up. It all counts. Even if it's not dedicated, you know, I put on my track shoes and I went walking on the track. It's right. still it's still exercise. You're still moving your body through space. And even little things like, uh, we were joking at work about this yesterday. We, we're more and more tending to email our coworkers instead of just walking over to their cubicle or to their office to actually have a conversation with them. Sure. Or so, cell phone or instant message or some of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So anytime you can get up and move, you're helping burn calories. You're helping stabilize your metabolism. Okay. I've got the time to exercise. I've agreed that it's a good thing to do. <laughs> but I don't want to be wasting time. What is the very best exercise there is? You know, actually, that's a really great question. Uh, and this really depends from person to person. Some people will... My, my number one answer to that is walking. You know, tennis shoes are cheap. It's a great investment. It's free to walk, you know, depending on where you go. There's a lot of great places to walk if you get bored of your neighborhood, etc. But, you know, I, I encourage you to invest in a good pair of walking shoes and use them to your advantage. But anyone can do that for the most part. For the most part. If you're not able to walk, talk to your doctor. Find out what you can do. There's alternatives. There's alternatives. I don't it's pretty rare to be in a situation where physical activity is just out of the question. You can't do anything. Oh, yes. There's a there's a woman in one of my classes right now who's in a wheelchair. And there's uh, chair dancing videos, and she does upper arm stuff. And, you know, any of us who are sitting on the couch watching television can put 
a two liter bottle in our hands and do some some strength training, you know, right. some uh, weightlifting, right. right? Something you can do. And you know, you don't have to buy an expensive gym membership. You can go to the local library and check out a video for free. You can borrow your neighbors because everyone has them, but they're collecting dust for the most part. Right. And it might be a little dated. Some of the clothing and music in that video might be uh, out of style, but the exercise is still the same. And, you know, I think that those are fun. If you start getting a little bored of the newer, most modern ones, go to get the old 70s um, Richard Simmons video. It just it's makes it entertaining at the same time. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of machines in particular that I usually recommend that I've found that my clients... Um, are pretty fond of. Oh, and I should have mentioned I'm a personal trainer, certified personal trainer, so we do this kind of regularly. Yeah. Um, but at the gym, some favorite equipment is the elliptical trainer. So it's a cross between a stair climber and almost like cross country skiing. Right. So very right. easy on the knees, easy on the ankles, easy on the joints. That's not to say that it's easy. No, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's not yeah. easy. It's easier. Yeah. Less, it's, less uh, impact on your joints. Now, I'm a tall person, and I have a lot of difficulty using the elliptical. So I, some people are very attracted to it. You know, very, you know, almost no impact at all, right? right. Uh, it's very much easier on the knees than, say, a treadmill is. And uh, oh, yeah. I can appreciate that. You know, I've got bad knees. I played football. But elliptical, it not only is it very difficult, but the the stride is not quite right for me. I haven't found one that works quite right for me. But you know, you got to try it. Give and it a good, know, honest try. And those are actually good comments because just because I'm recommending it doesn't mean you have to go out there and make yourself like it. Yeah. Go out and try it because a lot of people do like it. It's it's nicer than the stair climber. But um, another machine I wanted to mention is uh, the recumbent bike. So if you like a stationary bicycle, um, some people might feel lower back pain or their butt starts to hurt on the seat and this recumbent bike is almost like you're sitting in a lazy boy not you know that's kind right. of a exaggeration but you're sitting back you're reclining and your feet are out way in front of you so you're not going to cause strain on your lower back but your legs are still doing the work so your cardiovascular um, system your endurance is, is improving and you're burning calories now does that work uh, any abdominal when you're s sitting up in that chair or is it not you're completely leaning back you know, it really depends. I mean, I take a spinning class regularly, which is an exercise stationary bicycle. Yeah. Um, and you can stand, you can lean, you can adjust your seat and handlebars. So it really depends. You can you can make it an all-over body workout, yeah. even though it's primarily for your legs and for your, um, you know, heart rate increasing. Yeah. Right. Cardio. Yeah, cardio. So we're like, you know, spinning in that way is very high intensity workout versus a recumbent bike. You can make it very low intensity. I prefer moderate because most people, I mean, many years ago I learned this and I was surprised, but they actually use recumbent bicycles in physical therapy and rehab for people who have knee surgeries and ankle nice. surgeries. So it's easier, very much easier on the joints, but you still get the heart rate up there. That's excellent. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, a machine you can use at the hospital, at the gym, and some people have even recently decided to put them in their home. Now, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see how they do that without taking up, you know, you know 10 feet of space. You know, you have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit of space, that's for sure. So put it in the downstairs, put it in the garage. I have heard of people putting it in their living room and place in their chair because you can sit and pedal while you're watching the news, while you're watching a movie, and you'll be doing it longer. Right, yeah. If you haven't tried that, by the way, exercise you can do with some other form of distracting entertainment. Oh, yeah. That's that's excellent. Absolutely. You might be doing that right now, listening on your iPod to this <laughs> podcast. Yes, high five to you guys. <laughs>
Okay, well, what about weightlifting and strength training? Uh, there's, there's some benefit in that you're going to build some bulk, some toning is good, but I don't, what's, how do we get to that point? You know, this is a question I get often, and it, it varies from person to person. We've mentioned already today low intensity, medium intensity, high intensity. So weight training or weight lifting is going to be a low intensity workout. That doesn't seem logical. I mean, I'm working very hard to lift heavy weights. Why is it that high intensity? Well, typically when we are lifting weights, it's using muscles that we don't use in everyday functions, right? So it's perceived effort. It's not increasing your heart rate significantly, um, unless you're doing it wrong and <laughs> you're stressed out. <laughs> but really, it's uh, when we're referring to level of intensity, it's how many calories you're burning per minute. right? Uh -huh. So this is moving a certain amount of mass, your body mass, through a certain amount of space. Right. Which, as you can picture brisk walking, you're moving your whole body through a great amount of space. Right. Weight training, weight lifting, you're moving your arms up and down, your legs up and down. It's not a lot of mass through a lot of space. Right. It may be like... 20 or 30 pounds you're moving through space as opposed to your whole body mass. Exactly. Exactly. So um, to answer your earlier question, anybody can start strength training. If you're unsure and you think you might have an injury or something that would preclude you from doing so, be sure to ask your doctor. Right. Um, but anyway, you know, three days a week, four days a week, you could do it every day, um, but it depends on what you're looking for. If you're really looking to build a big amount of bulk, like you were referring to earlier, as in, you know, muscle building, right. um, that's going to take a lot more um, commitment, a lot more time. But most of us, I think, are just looking to tone, right? To tone. Either to get stronger, make our bones strong, increase our muscle mass slightly, and to tone our muscles. You're looking at three times a week, every other day, four even better. Right. But you want low weights with high repetitions. So you don't want to go in and start lifting 40 pounds for your biceps on each arm. You know, three pounders are good to start. Right. You know? And the key there is lots of repetitions at low weight. And, you know, there's uh, weightlifting for dummies. There's, you know, the book. You, If you belong to a gym, I highly recommend you talk to someone. That they're not going to charge you money to just take a you know, five minutes out of their time to show you proper technique, um, which is very important with weight training because you don't want to cause injury. Um, then you're going to be out. Particularly with free weights. Particularly with free weights. It's very easy to do it incorrectly and hurt yourself and cause more harm than good. So seek the advice of a professional, you know. Don't just go out there and buy a set and think that you're going to be good to go. The nice thing about um, buying weights these days or videos, you can buy you can buy a DVD or a v, you know, VHS tape with your weights or, you know, lots of package deals that they sell for very little money that has... Um, a very short introduction on how to do it properly. Or yeah. look at the picture in the book and it describes it pretty simply. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend you uh, review those before you start. Okay. One of the things I would like to know about is how to avoid sore muscles, the soreness after exercise. You know, usually it comes to me uh, the morning after. Right. You know, you wake up and I, I realize, oh, that, that whole that whole area is not feeling so great. <laughs> like, oh yes, I did some exercise yesterday, didn't I? Yeah. And this is actually referred to as delayed muscle soreness, commonly. Um, even more so, maybe not the next morning, but the morning after that, even more so. Um, and this is very normal. It's a normal uh, response to using muscles we haven't used in a while, the way we use them. So you know, these muscle fibers are tearing and then healing themselves, and it's the buildup of lactic acid in our in our muscles. 
So if you want to avoid this, it's going to be very important to drink plenty of water before exercise, and this is any exercise, this is a, a, a generic tip, water before exercising, during and after, and also important is to stretch, to warm up and to cool down. Now that's not something I see many people doing. When it comes time to planning for their exercise, they'll get their their gym clothes ready and they'll load up in the car and whatever, but they're not drinking water in preparation of doing exercise. Sure, when they get there, they'll stop and have a water break, right? right. Or that when they're done, they'll be thirsty and they'll drink water. Or you'll see when they're really sweaty and tired, then they'll take a couple of sips, but um, and then you're going to experience that soreness that we're, we're talking about. So if you want to minimize that, drinking the water before, during, and after, warming up in the, in the first place, because you need to get your muscles warm before you start trying to tear them and build them, right? right? Uh, and then uh, cooling down, cooling, cooling down. down at the end. So, so if you do these things, I'm not saying you're not going to be sore, but you're definitely going to be less sore. Well, what, what consists of a warm-up? What does that mean exactly? You know, get on the elliptical, get on the recumbent bike, take a walk, get on the treadmill, at least 10 minutes, if not 15, and get your heart rate pumping. So get your heart rate up, something low impact. Yes. You know, and then go do your dedicated exercise and reduce the amount of muscle pain that you feel, the delayed muscle pain. And I also want to add that we're talking about muscle soreness being normal, but if you really overdo it, and like I said, if you go out tomorrow and start lifting 100 pounds when it should be 10, well, you can really um, hurt yourself and strain a muscle and pull something, and that's going to really hurt. So you want to watch out and, and kind of know the difference between soreness and a strain. Yeah, hydration is not going to solve that. No. No warm-up, cool-down water is going to help a strain. So you're going to have to just get some rest and wait until it heals itself before you start start again. Now, rest is important. If you're doing a, a weight training schedule, proper rest is essential to that, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, proper rest is essential to everything that we don't really pay attention to. <laughs> it's one of those things I keep talking about, and no one really wants to make time to sleep, even though we're always tired. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we're both looking at each other right now a little sleepy. <laughs> So when, when is the best time? Is it better to get your exercise in the morning because then your heart rate goes up and you kind of carry that exercise all throughout the day? Or maybe, since I only have the opportunity to do it at lunch, that would be a good time to do it. Or is it better to do it at night? That way my exercise, you know, I have a chance to burn off some of those calories that I consume during the day. And you know, I have two good answers for that. The first one is whenever you will do it, that's when you should do it. Just make it happen, right? sneaking in whenever you can. Right. Once you get accustomed to that, a better answer is depending on does exercise energize you or does exercise make you tired, right? So if it energizes you, you don't want to exercise at 11 o'clock at night when you need to get a good night's sleep. Right. Right? It would be highly beneficial to you to start in the morning so that you can use that energy to get through your day. Right. Know yourself. You have to try it out and see how you feel after. But the key to that, the most important part of that is do it when you are willing to do it. Whenever you can sneak in time, take it. I know there's people out there that have kids. Well, maybe when they're taking a nap, pull out your video. Yeah. You're taking care of someone else or working. You're busy. You have three jobs. Whenever you can sneak it in, do it. You Find are, that time. You were talking earlier about the weekend warrior. And so that's why, you know, you and I, I, I think, are um, higher level of activity on the weekends because our week 
days are so busy, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, but still, you want to sneak in something, 10 minutes here, 5 minutes there during the week, do some purposeful walking, you know, make an effort. Um, but then the, during the weekends, when you can make more time, take it and use it wisely. Um, and also, the next thing we're going to talk about is how to make yourself walk during the week. You don't really think about walking to your op, you know, office next door or, or going to the post office or something that you could easily get in your car and do. But one thing that I recommend often is to wear a pedometer. And a pedometer measures how many steps you take during the, just as you're moving around or while you're getting physical activity, like walking around a track. It'll try and measure your distance and the amount of steps you take. And there's a lot of fancy pedometers out there. They range anywhere from $8 to $100 plus. Some of them measure steps. Some of them measure strides, miles. Some have music and alarms and talk to you and are fancy. You can get a really nice pedometer for about $25. It's, it's what all you really need to spend. Um, but the thing is, is doesn't matter how you set it or which one you get. It Studies show that wearing a pedometer has, leads to more walking. People Especially want, if you're looking at it, yeah. Yeah, if you're looking at the, the ticker, you want it to keep ticking. It's like a video game keeping score for you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us have been on the machines at the gym, and it says how many floors you've gone or how many minutes, or you just look at those numbers, and the, the rollover time, you're like, okay, keep ticking away. Yeah. So the same thing goes with the pedometer. It actually makes you choose different decisions as to where you're going to walk and not. Yeah, you start looking for the opportunity to get some more in. helps you pay attention. Right. It's an interesting little behavioral uh, phenomenon there that having the pedometer on you and being a, just makes you a little more aware of the opportunities you could be getting for a little extra walking. And you know, it's almost like setting a goal or a, a challenge for yourself. Like, well, how many steps can I get in today? And there's a really nice program out there called 10,000 Steps. 10,000 Steps a Day is the goal that pedometer wears, you know, kind of shoot for. Right. And that's equating to about five miles. Right, for the average stride, that's five miles. Right. And, and it sounds like a lot. If I asked you to walk five miles a day, you would think I was crazy. But if you start wearing a pedometer and tracking your steps, you realize that you can make it happen with your everyday routines. Unless you walk from your car, you know, your house to your car and your car to your office and sit all day and back home the same thing and sit in front of the TV, well, you're not going to get 10,000 steps. You're lucky if you get 1,000 steps. Right. And, you know, that's not too uncommon for the American lifestyle, you know? know, especially if you live in one of our big cities, Los Angeles, San Diego, New York. Well, I guess New York's a little bit different, but... Yeah, a lot of walking in New York. Yeah. But uh, major cities, you know, it's house, car, work, car, house, pretty and much... But, you know, like I was referring to earlier, start getting up and walking to the Xerox machine. You know, walk during your break. So even though you're doing all this sitting during the day, you can sneak some walking in there in between yeah. computer time. Um, and maybe you want to put a, a treadmill or, or elliptical machine or something in your in your house when you're doing all that sitting. And, you know, if this is like, if this is a completely foreign behavior to you, you <laughs> have to give this a committed try. Right. It's going to take a while before you start feeling the benefit, seeing the benefit, and it's going to take a while before these start things before these things start to become habit with their second nature. You know, six to eight weeks, if you do them consistently, it'll, it will be a new habit for you. Um, but the nice thing is that you'll feel the positive benefits, the energy level increase almost immediately, within days. Yeah. So that's pretty motivating, I think. So we're going to include a link to the 10,000 Steps 
we're going to include a link to the 10,000 steps per day website and uh, you can check the show notes for a link right on the website take it right to it and you know there's several websites out there if you want to just pick your favorite search engine and type in 10,000 steps you'll find you know 10,000steps.com 10,000steps.org um, the one that we're putting on the website I think is one of the mo- uh, more inclusive user friendly sites the walking site so that's a good goal for 2006 start moving your body around get some walking in choose some planned exercise some purposeful exercise and you'll feel the energy increase very quickly and um, hopefully looking for some weight loss and some weight management good luck in 2006 yes be Be well. well Exit music is So Funky It Stinks by Furious Ball, part of the Podsafe Music Network, available at music.podshow.com. Check it out.